Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast with your host, Wendlin Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. And remember, you deserve to see, see your, your see, own greatness. See, see. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, and happy Monday. It's so great to be back with you. It's been a little while, took a little break, but while I was away, I was thinking about you, thinking about uh, new guests I can bring to the table, thinking about more uh, provocative insights, thinking about ways to help us all grow in greatness. It was a time of a lot. Last month when I took a little break, a lot happened. And of course, it drew you to think about what you do, why you do it, how it affects others. And with this opportunity to have this podcast, I feel so uh, grateful, but I also feel somewhat of a a real uh, tug on my heart, if you will, to try to do the right things, to try to get the best information, try to be as helpful as I can. Um, I have a charge to keep. And it's something I've been blessed to do, and I want to make sure that I'm always giving you the, the best that I have. And um, you know, the best ideas and suggestions. Now, I can't do it all by myself, so I invite all of you to hit me up on Facebook. Let me know if you have ideas, suggestions, or comments. I would love to hear from you, so it's growing in greatness. And just hit me up and let me know what your thoughts are. Um, you may want to go ahead and friend me up because I'm going to start sending out um, very soon a weekly um messaging and post weekly on concepts, ideas, and uh, hopefully um, tidbits of information that will help to inspire you and give you more and more insights as we uh, take this journey together because it is quite a journey. So today we're going to talk about greatness. Uh, I thought it was kind of appropriate as I did my little time away and breathed and relaxed and thought about everything, like I said, we talked about. This world is so divided now. Um, I don't know if we've ever been this divided, except maybe back in Civil War, uh, on so many things, uh, race, on sexuality, on uh, gender, on it's just, just so political, we're so divided. And, but we still have a responsibility and we still have a charge to keep, as I say, to always do the right things and always help others, always bring others along. And that's why I decided today to talk about greatness. Let's talk about that. So we talk about greatness. We say it a lot. I say it a lot in my show. When the title of my show is greatness. What is greatness? So basically it's defined as being distinguished, being popular, eminent, you're skillful, a powerful person. Great is a term that gives impressions to someone or same thing that you are better than everyone else, which that is a challenge for me, but we're going to talk about that a little later. When you think about people who determine and say they're great and people in our past who have uh, exemplified that, you think of some rulers. You think about people like Alexander the Great. You think about Catherine the Great. I mean, these people felt enough that it was appropriate because they were ruling, they were autocrats, that they, they made, had the final word on everything, that they would put that in, in their title, um, Alexander the Great, Catherine the Great as well. Now, today, we still do that sort of thing, but it's a little bit different. We use an acronym now. 
and the acronym is GOAT, the greatest of all times. Um, and you've heard that a lot. Um, people are delighted with that terminology. People try to be the GOAT. People give themselves that name. And when you think about this whole thing about being the GOAT, the greatest of all times, you cannot help but think about this big debate about Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Which one is the greatest? You talk about it. Politicians discuss it. Business people discuss it. Uh, other athletes discuss it. Um, news commentary, people, the boys at the barbershop, you know, the girls, everybody talks about which one of those are the greatest. The funniest thing to me about that whole debate, and it's a big debate, it's a long debate, and sometimes a very heated debate. The thing that I find so ironic about that is the fact that Michael Jordan or LeBron James seem to care. People are fussing about them, but they're going through life, doing their thing, being successful. I believe they all are at the epitome because they didn't think about being great. They thought about the game and being successful in terms of winning and being a team player or not being a team player, but getting the job done. So I think that's so funny to me that this is such a huge conversation, uh, comes up constantly, and the two people they're talking about very seldom, I don't think, ever weighs in. I think one time LeBron's may have seen, he think Michael Jordan's the greatest. But it's, it's funny to me, but we want to be great. That We want to talk about greatness. We want to be great. So everyone wants to be great, like I said. And desire to be great is inherent in the human spirit. It's something that drives us in terms of making almost all of our decisions in life. Um, I, I want to make this job so I can be great. I want to get this hair do so I can look wonderful. I want to uh, be successful in this career so I can be great. So it's something that that really, really um, pushes us to do things. We have a very materialistic world, and it always is defined by how much fame and popularity, and, uh, whether you have a, a smart um, or you um, of a scholastic perspective, or you very, very bright, uh, you did something different, new, um, are you making a lot of money, um, those kind of things, achievements, I sold more records, um, no more no, no notoriety. Um, I, I, I uh, have the blessing to have spent some time with Cece Wines, um, and she talked about the fact that, you know, at this time now, this is before um, I spent some time with her, and she's a phenomenal woman, um, and I consider her great. And I understand she said recently she's been given the title as the best-selling female gospel artist of all time. But her posture is, well, what does that mean when I come to my Lord and Savior in terms of what have I done for other people? And that is something that just said, that's Cece. If you know her, that's her spirit. And she doesn't think about the fact that I'm selling my records. She's thinking about, am I getting the word? What she's passionate about? Am I getting that out to people? Am I, am I touching people? Am I helping people? Am people who are downtrodden and don't have a way out, am I doing that? And with that spirit within her, it has been successful to boost her to the, the heights that she's received. But that's not her process in terms of why she thinks the way she does. Greatness may bring you all of these things in terms of notoriety, money, um, fame, fortune, or whatever, but it doesn't define you. Like I was saying earlier, it doesn't define you. When you talk about greatness, I think one of the easiest and the best ways to uh, encapsulate what that is is to think about people that you consider great, um, people like Mother Teresa. Um, let me go through another few more. Um, Nelson Mandela. Martin Luther King Jr., um, Helen Keller, uh, Bill Gates, 
Steven Spielberg, um, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Owens, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Henry Ford. Those are things that come to my mind as great people. And I think they will come to almost everybody's mind as great people. But when you think about why they are great, let's break it down a little bit as to why we consider them as being great. Because clearly, they're all different. They come from uh, different educational backgrounds, um, different social status. Uh, they're different genders. They're different race. They all have a different mission, a different passion. Their positions in life are totally different. They have different areas of greatness. So what sorts of things made them great? When you think about in terms of Mother Teresa, she had no money. She was poor. She worked and gave and gave and gave to help people who were less fortunate than her, lepers. She had no money, didn't create anything um, um, different or unique. She didn't get any stocks and bonds. She just helped people. Um, Nelson Mandela, the same type of thing. Yes, he was a very intelligent man, educated, but his cause was to help his people, to break the mold of apartheid, to give people freedom, spent most of his adult life in jail. Hmm. You don't really think of a jailbird too much as being great, but he was in terms of what he did and how he moved people and how he continued to keep a movement going. Same with Martin Luther King Jr. Then spent as much time in jail, but he spent some time in jail. He was beat. He was treated badly. But still, nevertheless, people still consider him a great man in terms of, once again, he used a theory of nonviolence to get the point across to change the number of laws that we have and to help other people be able to be all they can be. Um, we see that same thing with Helen Keller. I mean, she revolutionized the fact of a person with a disability still be effective, impactful, successful, great disability, how she turned that around to the good for a lot of folk. And not only for people that were blind, people started seeing the whole gamut of disabilities different because of what this one woman showed them in terms of compassion. Bill Gates, another person, you say, well, he doesn't fit in that. Well, yes, he does, because Bill Gates actually came from a pretty good background. His father was a lawyer. Um, he went to Harvard. But he saw a need there. And instead of him doing what the family had planned for him to do in terms of going to law school, he dropped out of school. He did not graduate from Harvard. He dropped out of school and bought a business to there based on the needs of people. We need a, we need a computer that was portable. Microsoft was formed. Look at what he did. Now, he did go back and get a degree, but clearly not because he needed it. I mean, he still probably has more money than most of the people. He still has more money than most people in the world. You think that's what it is. He still got more money, more influence. He's well known. And then once he did that, he went on and took his money to uh, he and his wife, former wife, developed the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. They give millions and millions of dollars to folks to help them. And now he's trying to do a climate change. So he continues to keep trying to take care of what the needs were for the people. Steven Spielberg, the same way, he dropped out of college as well. Um, you know, did his thing and, and wanted to tell stories that impacted people's lives and tell stories that made people become different, to look at things differently, to also celebrate folk who need to be celebrated. Henry Ford is another example. I mean, he was one of eight children, poor, left home when he was 16, uh, went to work in a factory engineering. And not only was he the person who did 
uh, developed the Ford Motor Concrete Company and, and, and made cars. But the assembly line that he was able to perfect is one of the major pillars of our industrial revolution. And if you talk about financial gain, yes, he was successful as time went on. But during the process, Henry Ford probably, I can't remember, I think he had to file bankruptcy like seven times. But who would now say that Henry Ford was not a success? Okay, so we know Abraham Lincoln, like I talked about him before, his, his, his upbringing, you know, barefoot, became a statesman, and pulled and kept this country together at one of its most difficult times because he was a man who had convictions and obviously didn't mind standing up for his convictions. That's what makes him great because it would have been too easy for him to succumb to the masses and just let our country continue to go in the direction it was going in. And we talk about Jesse Owens all the time. I mean, man, phenomenal in terms of being a runner, but I think his integrity and his compassion to stand up for himself and his people and not let anyone make preconceived notions about him or his ability based on color of his skin was phenomenal. So we look at these people that we say are great, and you talk about how you want to be great, you see it didn't have a whole lot to do with their money, their status in life, and oftentimes not even their education level. Like I said, these people are all different. The greatness of each of these people comes from their ability to discover, discover what the needs were, discover how to get it done, discover who they were, how to develop plans, um, agendas to um, be able to be successful, to refine what was out there, make a difference to it, make it new, unique. They were able to use their unique gifts. Now, you remember, like I said, Ford left his home at 16 years old and went to work as a, in, in a plant in, um, uh, in, in um, engineering. How they were able to use their unique gifts and able to help mankind, that is the mark of greatness. You're able to help other people. Greatness is serving one's gifts to the world. That is a great definition for greatness. I'm able to use what I have. Clearly, these people use their minds, their passion, their mission, their belief factor, strength from their family, strength of who they were to get this done. In any industry that we're in, we got people in automotive, uh, people in civil rights, political, people in, 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 in advocacy groups, people in health. They all did it based on their need to help someone else and to help the world. You know, so we talk about ways to talk about different kinds of greatness and how you measure it. Greatness belongs to, I noticed that greatness also happens to people who are not trying to be recognized for greatness. Like I said before, they're working their passion. They're doing what they know to do. They're learning to bring what's been instilled in them to the world. You know, many people are measure greatness by being on top of something, uh, being the first one to do something, you know, the first in your race to do something, the first one, you know, the first, the biggest, the biggest hoopla. Now, that is a small part of greatness. And there are people who would argue that point with me, and I'm, I'm fine with that. But we did that. We said, okay, it's because you did the first and the biggest, then that means people who were mass murderers and mass shooters would be great. Who killed the most people? Who robbed the most banks? That also makes you great. That makes you well known. That doesn't make you great. 
And so that's why I think a lot of people have uh, gotten sidetracked. Because as we talk about things that happen in this world, we talk about the mass shooting we had before. We talked to that young man was on a social media platform that talked about mass killings or who was going to be the greatest, who would be the biggest, and, and that was a big deal. You know, we see that every other week or every weekend we're having somebody trying to seem to try to outdo the other one to be great, to be notarized, to be famous. Famous. So I, I have a charge to push back when you say that I am great because I was the first one. It depends on what you're the first one doing. Okay? So as we go forward on that here, uh, we hear the news all the time about someone being, like I said, the first and they're being successful and that kind of thing. But I, I want to say it's more than that. It's what you're being great or successful at. Um, greatness to me is a measure by service. And so we can see that in all the people I talked about earlier. You know people as well. You know people in your community. Uh, whether there's a lady on the corner, a nice young lady on the corner who says hello to everybody, who supports everybody, whether it's a pastor in your church, um, whether it's a teacher in your school, whether it's a, a, a young man who packs bags at the, um, the grocery store around the corner or whatever. I guess you pack your own bags now, about pack a bag. But anyway, anyone can be great in terms of giving and being of service and, 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 and not worrying about what is, what is in it for me. And when we talk about that part, let's go back to our first example of LeBron and Michael. They, too, give a lot back. They also, when LeBron has the schools, Michael has things he contributes to, those people have been successful because they have played the game with their heart. They have done the best thing they could do, and they're good at that. They're passionate about it. But because they have been successful because of other types of things, people for playing the game, you know, we pay more money for entertainment that we do for anything else but for playing the game, for endorsements or whatever, they have made a lot of money. And the benefit I like about both of them is they tend to really give back to the community. Michael's not always as flamboyant when he's giving it as LeBron's, but they both give back to the community, and they don't have to. So I think, it's a bit, I think that's a big one thing. Um, so we talk about having all this fame and fortune, all this wonderful things, the point still comes back to are you helping someone or are you happy? And I, I have to say that is so important. You know, we talk about um, when I get a million dollars, when I get my master's, when I get my doctorate, when I get um, these four houses built, I'm going to be happy. No, you won't. If you're not happy now, that's not going to make you happy. It's going to take more than that. Now, what it is for you, I don't know, but it takes more than things and substance to be happy. You may be a little more comfortable, but you're not going to be happy. So that's that plays in as well. So Achieving greatness as an entrepreneur takes time and effort, and there's no shortcuts to it. Now, some take some people longer than other people, but there's no shortcut. You cannot just jump into this state and say, I'm going to be great and tend to go forward. There are some steps, some um, traits, um, things you have to adopt if you don't have already. And even if you have them, they need to be fine-tuned. And I'm going to talk about a couple of those before we end up the show today. So one of the things I think you have to know as a business owner and have to be great is you need to be tenacious. You have got to have the drive. You have the ample opportunity. You will have, and I know you have, and I have more than enough opportunities to, uh, or excuses to quit. I know if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. You, I can give this up. I could just say, forget it. I'm going to go home, play with myself, take my toys home. It's too much work. Nobody appreciates it. I'm not getting anything out of it. You could very easily quit, and with good reason. 
but you need to have a tenacity to keep going, be tenacious, keep figuring out ways to go forward. If it doesn't work this way, find another way to make it work. Coming to a point of saying, I need, I'm going to quit, I'm going to give this up, that should not be your first suggestion. I'm not saying in some instances you may need to stop that process or stop the way you're going, but that should be your last result. And if that does happen, don't look at it as a failure. Look at it, you have eliminated one way that it won't work. You keep going forward to something else. Okay, so you have to be tenacious. You're going to have to have challenges, obstacles on every, every turn. You can still continue to do that. Don't be afraid of the challenges. Don't be afraid to make a mistake because any mistake you make, you can fix it. When I would leave my office um, and I would tell my staff, if there's a decision to be made, I'm not here, make it. If it's the wrong decision, we will fix it. But what I will get upset with you about if you don't make a decision. So continue to do the best you can. Know there's going to be some bumps. I could say hundreds of bumps, and I, I want to be nice. You have a few bumps here, and then you have a whole lot of bumps. You've got to deal with personalities. You've got to deal with payroll. You've got to deal with laws. You've got to deal with insurance. You've got to deal with clients. You've got to deal with customers. You have to deal with supply issues. You've got to deal with tax issues. There's so much stuff that could go wrong. You have to think about those things and continue to be tenacious enough and overcome the challenges. And when you overcome those challenges, it makes you stronger and keeps you from making that mistake again. If you don't get it right this time, trust me, you have to go through it again. So be tenacious enough to work through that process, work it all out, and next time you will see it before it comes. And if something does come up that's out of your control, you will be able to adjust and keep going with it. All that goes back to you have to have passion. If you're passionate about this thing, let's just take a regular employee. And I don't mean that negative. I say regular. Just take an employee. You know yourself before you became in business, you worked for somebody probably, or you've seen people like this. And they come to work at 9 and leave at 5, and that's it. They walk slow. They have no enthusiasm about what they're doing. They don't want to learn more. They're not great. They just do what they have to do to get by and punch the clock and get a paycheck. They're not passionate about what it is. But you know yourself, if you are going to be a business owner with all of the things that could happen, and frankly, a large percentage of them will happen, you've got to love what you're doing. You've got to have passion about this thing. It's going to make you keep going and keep going when times get rough and when it's so easy to say, I'm going to take my toys home and go play by myself. If you're passionate about what you do, you can do it for the hours it needs to be done. I've said many times in my shows before, if you want to go into business because you think that I can make things better for myself, I can leave when I want to leave, and nobody tells me what to do, and I can take off when I want to take off, and I'll be the buyer I want to be able to buy, I'm so sorry for you. You're going to be a very disappointed child because you cannot buy what you want to buy. When it's time to pay other bills, pay the employees, you've got to do that or buy equipment or whatever. When it's time to work and get off at 5 o'clock, you've got to stay there and get the paperwork done. You've got to stay there and meet with a client. You've got to stay there and work out something. You can't necessarily leave. And that means also Saturdays and Sundays, oftentimes, hopefully not Sundays, but Saturdays at least, sometimes on Sunday afternoons, you've got to still work and be ahead of the game because you can't hire all the people that you generally like to hire. So you have to do some extra your time. So if you think that you get in a business just because you want to make a lot of money and you don't want to have to work when you don't want to work and you want to get up and you want to get off, 
business ownership is not for you. So you have to have passion to keep this process going, passion to stay in it. You need to be goal-oriented. And here's one thing I'm going to do a little diatribe on because I can do that. So, you know, people say things like, um, you got to be ambitious. What does that mean? I like the term goal-oriented. Because ambitious gives you no defining perceptions there. It doesn't give you factors like it's not measurable, it's not tangible, and there's no plan to go along with being ambitious. When you say you're goal-oriented, then you have timelines, you have a plan of action, it's tangible. And I'll always say to you guys, you haven't done anything if you're not in writing. If you thought about it in your head, but you haven't committed it to paper, it's nothing. And this, I hate this ambiguity and this pie-in-the-sky concept we're in nowadays where we want to do this stuff. Uh, we do it in our, in our conversations. We try to cut corners in our conversation. We try to cut corners, but we try not to write totally. We try not to write at all. Um, we try to look at doing our vernacular. You know, one of the things I hate so much people say, you know, it's X, Y, and Z happened, and I felt some kind of way. And my question is, what the heck does some kind of way mean? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you sad? Are you disappointed? Tell me what you're feeling, and then I can deal with that. When you come to someone and say, I'm feeling some kind of way, you may not, you probably would not get the response you're looking for. So this vagueness that we put on in this culture now, they just kind of say something. That's a problem. Let's say we need to be goal-oriented, not ambitious, when I can be a part of it, but mostly it's goal-oriented, to put down your goals, your timelines, um, make it measurable. I would like my company to be a million-dollar company in five years. I will do that by increasing sales X percent, by increasing my customer base X percent, by increasing my average check X percent. Have a plan of action. You know what happens? You will never know if you're successful or being great if you have nothing to compare it to. So if it takes you 10 years to get a, be a million-dollar company, well, duh, was that what you really were shooting for? You know, so I want you to think about that. I think goal-oriented people are, are, are a necessary evil. They're necessary in terms of depending on your short-term and your long-term goals, and know you're going to have both of those in this process in terms of being a great entrepreneur, being a great person. These things can also be in terms of helping people. I want to be in a position, I love these companies now, one company now that uh, I think is Bombas, if you will, where they sell socks and now T-shirts and underwear. And what they do is they give, everyone sold, they give one away to homeless shelter. That's helping somebody. That's measurable. 40 million sold now. That's measurable. So that kind of thing. I want to be able to promote for my staff by next year. I want to be able to hire X amount of people and put them in these positions by this year. Think about all of those things, not just the money, which I started off with, and those things like that, but other things you can do to make your company great. I want to be able to send four of my employees back to college if they want to or, or take the school or where they want to do. I want to be able to help them with the education. They put some goals to this whole thing. And while I'm pushing you and pushing you about making goals, you also have to be patient with yourself and staying on the same end. Um, it's tumultuous being a startup. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a constant effort. It's a lot of twists and turns that you can and cannot be in control of. When those things come that you cannot be in control of, be patient. Continue to work the process. Don't get frustrated. Don't start. 
Understand that patience. Understand that deep breath. That deep breath is a big deal. That deep breath is important. Take a breath. Breathe. Okay? Now, we're going to think about how to tackle this thing. And how I'm going to be patient by getting it done. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That process, how you do that, your patient, that is very, very important. And to make all this come together, I'm going to tell you, be great. You need to be personable. Entrepreneurs, solopreneurs are very self. I don't care what kind of, you are seldom, if ever, successful by yourself. You've had some other staff, some other family members encouraging you, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, cousin, somebody, teacher, somebody encouraging you. You have to have a personality where people want to be around you and give you the input. People feel better about the fact that they interact with you as a person. You know, um, nice personalities, uh, saying thank you, inviting people in, listening to what folks have to say. Those kind of things are most important, especially if you have a company, especially if you are a solopreneur and you are your own brand. I said before, people like doing business with people more than companies. So if you're that kind of person and you have that personality, and I am going to be able to come and talk with, you know, you because of your personality opposed to going over there. It's a big conglomerate and I can't get nobody. I may want to consider dealing with you because, you know, you're personable. Your personality has to come through to interact with people, um, to help, help people to continue to help you, to help you get clients, to help you get some vendors, to work out all the kinks and things going with your company. That, that whole personality piece, being humble, down-to-earth personality will win you four more trust, remember the concept we had before about the trust factor in business, that would gain you more trust uh, and, a, and a much better reputation than having an overly um, a staunch personality where people can't talk to you, can't share with you, um, they don't feel like you're approachable. And that's also good for your team, your staff, your clients. All of them have to feel like, you know, if you are appreciative that they can talk with you, they can share with you, and you will get so much out of that because they give you ideas, suggestions you never thought about. You cannot possibly think about everything yourself. Now, I think I'm pretty bright myself, but I realize more and more every day that I cannot think about everything or carry everything out by myself. So someone else has to step in there and help me with that process. You're the visionary. You shouldn't have to think about everything. Help people help you to bring your vision to, to bear. All these great people have plenty of folk around them to help them bring their vision to bear. Think about who all was there with Bill Gates. Who was there among the key? You get the names who was there with him. You know, who trained Jesse Owens? There were other people. What family members were involved? All these people and being an entrepreneur, the other people around to help you get there. Let me just kind of close this up a little bit and say this for me. This is my best, my best um, definition of greatness. True greatness is the ability to achieve what you choose to achieve in the area you choose to achieve it in and to achieve it with excellence and a level of um, magistry, mastery, excuse me, mastery. Once again, true greatness is the ability to achieve what you choose to achieve in the area you choose to achieve it in and to achieve it with excellence and a great level of mastery. That's a definition by James Ray. I can't take credit for it. But as I do my research and think about stuff and I try to do a lot of reading, this was the best definition I found for greatness, bringing that all together in terms of, you know, you doing something for someone else. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be great. The challenge is how you perceive in being great. 
The challenge is how you take your greatness and help the greater good. Mankind, your friends, your family, the community, that's the essence of being great. And all of us want to be great. So once again, thank you so much for coming, calling in, listening in. Please call me. Hit me on Facebook. If you missed this, hit me on Spotify, iHeart. I'm on all the podcast outlets. Listen to it, and we look forward to talking to you next Monday. Thank you. Make it a great week. Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Wendland Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness.